Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather corporately. We need your encouragement this morning. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Where's our guest singer? Where are you? Did, did you say you're 18? Oh, man. Listen, the number one reason I'm a Christian is I think at the resurrection I'll be 18. Well, our text this morning is in Isaiah chapter 43, and I highly encourage you to grab the Bible in front of you, or if you brought your Bible, this is an amazing text, and I think it's an appropriate text for us this morning on the last day, which happens to be Sunday, of 2023. Now, time does not permit to read the entire chapter. I'm going to begin Isaiah 43, verse 18. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here, and then I'll give you the context later. Hear the word of the Lord as God gives it to Isaiah to speak to his people. God says this to his people. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will, notice all the future tense here, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, that's the Jewish people, my chosen, this people, the Jewish people, I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praises. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, I think I have shared with the congregation before that I grew up in the Los Angeles area I actually grew up in a little town of about 100,000 called Covina. The only people that know about Covina, to my knowledge, is myself and Pastor Kurt. Um, Back in the day, you could actually, if you climbed up on the roof, which my brothers and I did frequently, much to the dismay of our parents, you could actually see on a clear day, so one day out of the year, you could see the skyscrapers in downtown L.A., And I think I've also shared that my upbringing as a kid, as a young man, was tumultuous. I know that my parents loved me. My father is no longer living. My mother is still alive. She lives in the Palm Springs area. They did the best they knew how, but it was a difficult childhood. My father was an alcoholic. There was a lot of anger and violence in my home growing up. It was not a safe place. My mom did her best. And so 
There were only two places that I could find sanctuary as a young child. One was our church. And the second place, my second sanctuary, was Glendora. Now, you may never have heard of Glendora, but Glendora was, or rather is to Covina, what North Naples is to Bonita. So it's another town. It was very close. It was five miles from my house in Covina to Glendora. Glendora is a beautiful little town. It's nestled in the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains. And when it snows, I mean, it is just, it's stunning. And I would ride my bike to my grandparents' home because there I knew every single time I went there, my grandfather, JB, who I don't even think had a sixth grade education, but he was, he was one of those guys, and some of you, I can already see your heads nodding. He, he never had a university education, but he could fix anything. You know, you know the kind of man I'm talking about? Remember back in the day, fellas? Re, re, remember that you, there were people in our lives that, you know, well, maybe they didn't have a plaque on the wall. They were real men. And I remember as a kid just going to this sanctuary with JB and bringing broken toys. And as my brothers and I got older, it wasn't broken toys, it was broken cars. And JB could fix anything. Now, I'm not mocking him, but I'm actually saying this in case my brothers ever watch this online. But JB had a little saying. And he said it every single time, and I'm going to try to say it just the way he said it, minus the camel unfiltered cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I would bring him something that was broken, and he would say this. Won't work. Can't be done. Just don't know. But every single time, he would fix whatever was broken. JB was, uh, Grandpa was one of those men who had a vision for the future. He didn't have a lot of time to dwell in the past. He lived through the Depression, but he was always forward thinking. I later found out he actually started a store. He had apartment buildings. Um, this guy was a mover and shaker. He, he, he was one of those older gentlemen in my life that just Poor, he didn't even know it, but he just poured into my life. Now, when we come to our text this morning, let me give you some background. The prophet Isaiah, that one could potentially argue was probably one of the greatest prophets ever, if not the greatest prophet, God is pouring into Isaiah's heart. And he's saying to Isaiah, there's going to come a time where my people are going to be in captivity. And they are going to be so downhearted and so discouraged that the only thing they're going to be able to do is remember the Exodus. Now, if you're here this morning and you're Jewish, even if you're not Orthodox Jewish, you know that there is no greater single event in all of Scripture than the Exodus. The, in, in Judaism today, the exodus is what it's all about. 
And the parting of the Red Sea is the crown jewel of the Exodus. And so God is speaking to Isaiah here in chapter 43, and he says, I want you to share with my people that they need to stop talking about the Exodus, sort of, kind of. I'm going to do something brand new. God is saying, I'm going to do something you can't even begin to imagine. Wouldn't you like God to say that to your life today, this very day, the last day of 23? Listen, God's going to do something in your life this week. This is not a health, wealth, and prosperity message. This is a message from Isaiah chapter 43. I want to give you three, not because I'm a former Baptist, but because I really believe there are three things here that I want to say to you this morning to encourage you in the new year. Number one, are you ready for this? You can be encouraged in the new year because God has been faithful in the past. Oh, my gosh. We just, uh, all of our songs, I don't even know how that happened, just point to this direction, including the video while I picked the video. But God's been faithful in the past. And when God says to his people, don't remember, he's not negating the past. He's, He's not suggesting for a moment that, We don't thank him for great things he has done, to quote the hymn. But he's saying, Isaiah, tell my people, don't get stuck. Stuck is a big word in counseling world. People come into the counseling office, and they don't use that word. But sometimes I'll look at them, and I'll say, it just, it sounds like you're stuck. Like you just... You, you, you don't know how to move from point A to B. And this is what God is saying to his people. Listen to, we didn't have time to start it at the beginning, but listen, if we go backwards in this chapter to Isaiah 43, listen to what God says before he says, forget about the past. Thus says the Lord, this is 16 and 17, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, talking about the Exodus, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. This is the Egyptian army. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. So God is not telling his people that they can't relish in the past. He just doesn't want them to be stuck in the past. Charles, Dr. Charles Ryrie says this in his study Bible, Quote, God would destroy Babylon and bring his people back to Israel, a new thing which, when compared to most other wonders of Israel's history, would make those seem as nothing. It's almost like God is saying to his people, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to do something. You better buckle up. I encourage you before you go to bed this evening, which is probably going to be late, to read the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You can Google it. And I'm not going to read it to you, but there's a word in there. It's the word immutable. It's a big, fancy theological word, words that you learn at at, uh, Biola University and Princeton Seminary. Immutable. It means God doesn't change. He's always the same. He's always been. Remember when God shows up in the Bible, he says, I just am. God never changes. But hang on. 
His plans for us change. And here's the thing. They're always good. I mean, I literally feel like I could close in prayer right now. Because you should be encouraged to know that. God only has your best interest at heart for 2024. That doesn't mean that you're not going to end up in the doctor's office. That doesn't mean that you won't get a flat tire or that your HOA might double. But what it means is that God is saying, you see, if you're a follower of Jesus, Paul tells us in Romans that we have been wrapped into Judaism. We are the true Jews. We are followers of Christ. We have been grafted into the family of God. So this text, while it was originally to ethnic Jews, it's to us. God has been faithful in the past, and therefore you can have hope for the future. Number two, and I love this one, this point. God specializes in making something out of nothing. Can I give you another theological word? It's actually Hebrew. It's pronounced ex nihilo. Ex nihilo means literally something out of nothing. God specializes in making something out of nothing. Maybe you've heard of R.C. Sproul. He says, by the power of his word and his sovereign efficacious will, God can make things happen simply by decree. In other words, let's say that, I, let, let's say that Pastor Kurt and I want to build something. Let's say we want to build something. We cannot just wiggle our nose or pull on our earlobe and it appears. We have to go to Home Depot. We have to go to Lowe's. We can only build things with existing material, but that's not God. See, God just speaks things into existence. That's how powerful he is. And I think sometimes in our lives, we are so stressed. Remember, depression is you're looking back with regret. Anxiety is you're looking forward and you don't know what's coming down the pike. That causes anxiety. None of us in this room knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But God specializes in making something out of nothing. Let me read verses 19 and 20 to you, because I always want to make sure that whenever I stand behind this piece of wood, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you the word of God. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Rhetorical question. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God goes on to say that even the animals will praise me because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I grew up not far from the California desert. Let me tell you, there's not a whole lot out there. I've been to Israel. I've actually been in the Sinai Desert, there's nothing there. A couple of goats wandering around. God says to his people, when you make the 1,000-mile walk from Babylon back to Jerusalem because I'm going to reunite you into what is your land, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bring water to you and shade, and provision. 
It hasn't happened yet. This is in future tense. I was reading Hebrews 11.6 this week in preparation for this message. And to sum it up, the writer of Hebrews says, bottom line is this, if you want to see God do things in your life, you have to have faith that he will do things in your life. If you're living in Babylon and you want to go to Jerusalem, which is a thousand mile walk, what is that like from here to Nashville or something? It begins by taking a step. You have to move out. Now, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I just my personality is I like to have my ducks in a row. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not as Excel spreadsheet as some people, but in a weird kind of way, I don't like to do things unless I know I can pull them off. And that's frustrating. But God's word says, I have to move out in faith. Now, I'm not talking about being dumb or ignorant, willfully ignorant or unwise. But if God gives you a vision and it's in his word and you run it by your Christian friends and you have a cup of coffee with your pastor, if this is the vision that God has put on your heart for 2024, by all means, step out. Because God's not going to move. He's not going to provide the water until you move out in faith. We have an interesting building here because we don't really have pastor offices. We have a balcony up there where it's Pastor Kurt, Pastor Dan, and then Dustin's in the corner, basically running the church. And um, we sit up there, and Monday through Friday, I think it's from 12 to 12.45, there's an AA group here. The pastor and I have joked that we'd like to just be a part of the AA group. Sometimes God shows up more at the AA group than he does on a Sunday morning. I mean, these people are, they're, they're not playing anymore. They, they're not going to get another chance. They're here. And the thing that I hear over and over again, because I can hear, because I'm sitting right up there, it's one day at a time. Isn't that, isn't that really the Christian life? Isn't that really the heart of mindfulness? Is we're not denying that there's difficulty. We're not denying that, you know, bad things happen, but they don't come from God. Because that's point number one. But God can make rivers in the desert. In other words, God is saying through Isaiah to his people, move out and then watch what I will do. I wrote this down. Sometimes lack is a good thing because it redirects our attention to God. You don't need a river unless you're in the desert. You see, we've got to reconfigure our thinking. Oftentimes, we look at difficulty and we think, oh man, God's not answering my prayers. God's not coming through for me, when in fact, he is waiting to see. What are you going to do? Number three, third reason and final reason you can have hope in 24 is you are God's investment. You're God's investment. Listen to verse 21. God says, this people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praises. Future tense. I love Moses, all right? Moses is not in Isaiah, but 
I love Moses because, in my opinion, Moses was a real person. He was, a, he was just a guy. There's this scene in Exodus 32. I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you, but there's this scene in Exodus 32 where God's people are just outright rebellious. I mean, they are just messing up right and left. And God comes to Moses and says, and says you know what, I'm just, I'm sick of this. I'm just, we're, we're hitting reset here, you know, like when your computer won't work or your phone won't work. Let, let's just hit reset. And God's finger is headed towards the reset button. And Moses says, whoa, 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 hang on, God, hang on. Listen to this from the message in Exodus 32. Moses says this. Moses tried to calm his God down. He said, why, God, would you lose your temper with your people? Why, you brought them out of Egypt in a tremendous demonstration of power and strength. Why let the, this is Moses talking to God, why let the Egyptians say he had it in for them? He brought them out so he could kill them in the mountains, wipe them right off the face of the earth, stop your anger, think twice about bringing evil against your people, God. Think about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, your servants to whom you gave your word, telling them, I will give you many children, as many as the stars in the sky, and I give, don't miss this part, this land to your children as their land forever. Can I get an amen? You see, if you're a child of God, he has an obligation. I know that sounds strong, but he does. He has an obligation to come through for you, to walk with you. God's not going to abandon you. Listen, you may look at me or Pastor Kurt and say, well, you guys are pastors. You guys have, like, so much faith. You know, look at Pastor Wayne. He's always got it together. No, we don't. We're just people. God has an obligation to walk with you. Because, you see, he's invested in you. And may I say to you that God has invested in this church. Pastor Kurt, I know he's going to hate it. I'm going to get in trouble for this. He started this church a long time ago. I know he'll say, I didn't start this church. Yes, he did. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He had a vision. And just look around. Just look around. Go ahead. Look around. Your neighbor won't bite. Look what God has done. But can I tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Martin Luther once said, this is in the 1520s, a long time ago. He said, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. I was... 28 years old when I had, when I took, when I accepted a call for a new church plant in Burlington, Colorado. If you're familiar with Kansas at all, there's not a lot there. Sorry, didn't mean to offend those of you from Kansas, but there's not. But there's a big interstate, and it runs through, I think it runs through the whole country. I-70, Burlington was my first senior pastor. I'm 28. I think I was making $29,000 a year. I don't even think we had health insurance, and we had three kids. 
And our church met in a school cafeteria, and we got to the point where we outgrew it. It wasn't because I was slick. It's because God blessed it. And we got to a place where my leadership team said, we need a new building. And I said, I know, but we're poor. We're broke. Imagine that, senior pastor. Well, we can't do it. I don't have enough money. And I remember this one day, this older gentleman, who I'm pretty sure was in his 90s, and I'm 28, knew everything, walks into the church, and he says, Pastor, can you come visit me this week? I live in a rest home. And there, I think there were two rest homes in Burlington at the time. I said, sure. His name was Ike. So I went to the rest home to visit Ike. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm going to bless you, Ike, because I'm the pastor. And you're just so lucky that I took time out of my week to be with you. And Ike said, Pastor, I understand that your church, he'd only been to our church for a couple of times. Pastor, I understand that your church needs a new building. I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. We need a new building. Well, I'm going to give you one. And, you know, 28 years old, I'm thinking, you crazy old man. He said, I'm going to give you a, a, a new building. I said, how are you going to do that, Ike? Because we don't have any money. And he said, well, do you have a dollar in your pocket? And I said, yeah, I have a dollar. And I'm thinking he's really crazy. He says, well, give me the dollar, Pastor. So I gave him the dollar. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm the last living elder of our church, which is located pretty much in downtown Burlington. I didn't even know it existed. He said, I'm going to sign the deed over to you. Dustin, can you put that picture up there? There it is. One buck. God says this. Do not remember the former things. Not that they weren't good. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Let's move forward. Whatever that looks like. In your life, in the life of our church, God's done great things here in the past. But let's stop looking in the rearview mirror. And I say that to myself as well. And let's go full pedal to the metal, amen? Would you join me in prayer? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for everything you've done in my life in the past. And I thank you for JB. And I thank you that he was a forward-looking man. And I thank you for all the forward-looking men and women that you have brought to this church. May we move forward. We don't know how we're going to do it, but we know who we serve. And all God's people said, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.